amazing guest here with me. Her name is Linda Lee. She is a content creator on LinkedIn. She's also a recruiter. The reason why I have her here with me is because she loves to talk about mental health, career. This is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen. Hello, career reviewers, and welcome back to yet another episode. Today, I have an amazing guest here with me. Her name is Linda Lee. She is a content creator on LinkedIn. She's also a recruiter. The reason why I have her here with me is because she loves to talk about mental health, career development, and vulnerability over on LinkedIn. And one of the topics that really just caught my eye is she has been talking about how to get into corporate without having a traditional background, specifically around not having a college degree, which I know is one of the main topics and questions I get on the DM all the time in my social media. So. Linda, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's really fun to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. So I know that I did a quick and dirty introduction of who you are, but why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you here today? By the way, Linda just surpassed over 300,000 followers on LinkedIn. Cue the popcorn and all of the amazing champagne pops, everything everywhere. Congratulations. And tell us all of the tips. I love all of your amazing posts. Tell us a little bit about you and, and your background and your career. Yes, well, thank you so much for having me. When I first started, I did not have a college degree. I did go to community college for about uh, two years, and then I got accepted into a bunch of UCs like UC Davis. That was my top choice. But I realized that was what my family and friends wanted for me more than I wanted for myself. And my family was so disappointed when I chose not to go to UC Davis and I became a nanny and a housekeeper instead. And the shame and embarrassment was like beyond because all of my uh, cousins, they went on to become like doctors and dentists and like Linda's a housekeeper, like every, like how could she do this to her family? You know, like my family were immigrants and they came here for like the American dream. Like you go to college you get your job, you get your 401k, you retire at 65, but it just didn't feel right for me. It just felt like the traditional path that everyone was required to do and navigate. And I just don't know if I could have put myself through like four years of college and then hundreds of debt. And I just didn't feel right for me. And so I became a nanny. I was a nanny for about like four to five years. And then I was a housekeeper. Like I would wake up from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. I was working like four jobs, like a day. Like I go from house to house making minimum wage. And it was honestly really tough because I had, I worked for all of these like wealthy, prominent families who honestly, all they did was just tell me that I was going nowhere with my life. And they had degrees and they had these big millionaire houses and they said, you know, like, don't you want to hire someone to like do your laundry for you someday? And I'm like, not really. I can do it myself, you know? So then when COVID hit, I got laid off. All of the kids' families decided to, you know, stay home with them full time to take care of them because they were also forced to quarantine because of COVID and no one was hiring anywhere because no one was like going out. 
And I didn't have a degree. I didn't have any corporate experience. So what do you do, (laughs) right? Like no one's going to hire the girl with no experience. I started to actively apply to jobs. And honestly, it was just rejection after rejection. And for some reason, I wanted to get into banking. I don't know why like banking was like (laughs) my dream job at the time. I think it was like seeing like bankers dress up in like heels and skirts. And I thought it was very like attractive. It's just like, oh, I can dress up too and look (laughs) professional. So then I decided to apply to Bank of America. And I got rejected from them, I think like three times. And then someday, like, I don't know what happened, but I printed out like my resume, I printed out like five or six pages of my resume. And I just showed up, I dressed up in like heels and a black dress. And I went to like every center within like a 25 mile radius. And I was just like, I went in and I was just like, can I please speak with the manager? And they're just like, are you a customer? Do you like want to like do like a bank transaction. I'm like, no, I just really want to speak with the manager. And every center had a manager because they needed one on duty. And like, I would meet with like a few. I'm like, hey, like, I do not have the skills that you want on paper. You look at my resume. I am just a nanny. I am like, I have Chipotle on my resume. I don't have a (laughs) (laughs) But I just want to let you know that if you give me a chance, I will be the hardest worker in the room because I have a positive attitude. I have the skill sets. If you just train me, I promise you I can do the job. And after that, they all called the recruiter and they were just like, you need to get this girl in for like an interview. And rejections became like, hey, all these (laughs) hiring managers want to like interview you. And I had like two like centers that wanted to want me to work for them. And I showed up and honestly, the conversation was very casual. It wasn't like an interrogation, which I appreciated because I think we all know, like when we do an interview, it's like an interrogation. It's like, where'd you go to school? Where'd you work? What do you have? (laughs) But Bank of America, the manager at the time, she was very nice to me. We talked about Eckhart, like Tolle the entire time. We talked about like family struggles, family dynamics, like my history. And they gave me the offer, like practically on the spot almost. And I got the written offer a few days later. And that's how I started in corporate. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable and telling us that story. And I know that you've like told us, you know, uh, people that don't follow you on LinkedIn, please do. I will be linking her LinkedIn in the show notes. But like fragmented parts of the stories here and there with your posts, which is why I wanted to kind of bring you into the podcast to kind of tell that succinct part of your story that's really not obvious, right? If you take a look at your trajectory and now that you're a recruiter, I feel like people wouldn't have known and specifically because of your content and just how succinct and good you are at storytelling, people would have probably never guessed that that's where you come from, like with no college degree or no specific training in writing or people skills and things like that. And so I do want to go back a little bit on the part of your parents. You know, I know that your parents are immigrants to this country. I'm an immigrant myself, so I can relate a lot when it comes to the pressure of wanting to give in to what your parents want you to do and no fault of their own, right? Like they sacrifice so much and you as a child want to essentially give back because of all the sacrifices that they've done. And you know that you have such an amazing life by living in this country and it wouldn't have been possible without the sacrifices of your parents. So what was it exactly that gave you that ick 
of college is not for me. Of course, aside from the things that you just mentioned, of course, the debt and there's other paths that you can go into. But what was the moment that gave you the aha of, you know what, even if it's, you know, right now it's going to be a disappointment for my parents or I'm going to have to go against the grain for what, quote unquote, is supposed to be an immigrant child this is what I'm going to do for now, although I know it's not going to be forever. In the moment, it probably felt like it was a never-ending story for you being a nanny or working in the, the odd jobs that you were doing. What was that gave you the strength in that time to say, college is not for me? Uh, yes. So we have this cousin in the family and he's like the pillar that everyone looks up to. Like he went to college, he became a dentist, he like bought like two to three houses, like a car. But then, like, no one really saw what I saw. Like, everyone bragged about his, like, accomplishments. But he was, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. He worked, like, 60 to 70 hours a week. And everything was just going to pay off his debt. Like, he literally would work, eat, sleep, and do the same thing. He worked, like, two jobs. He worked seven days a week. Like, I just couldn't understand. Because, I mean, that was what success looked like to my family and to him. It was the paycheck. Like, the triple zeros on his paycheck. And for me, I was just like, I just didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand why everyone was fawning over him like that. And I mean, he worked very hard and like, we're all proud of him, but that wasn't the life that I wanted to live and set for myself. It wasn't the story I wanted to tell because, and I I know a lot of people get offended by this, but like, for me, like, I just didn't feel like college was the only path, you know? If you really think about it, a lot of people with like bachelor's degrees, like all of my friends have the same, like multiple degrees and we're all in recruiting, but they're in like 30 to $50,000 of debt. And I don't have any debt. Like literally everything that I have, I it goes towards investments. Honestly, I speak to a lot of them. A lot of them do regret going to college because like, it's not that they wanted to go to college, it's because they were told by society. It's what we're taught you're the black sheep. If you don't go to college, it's like, you're a loser. (laughs) Like you're not going to amount to much if you don't go to college. But I think like, if you really step away from societal pressure and just let the pot boil a little bit, like it'll blow off steam eventually, you know, just seeing like that perspective, everyone saw that as success. But to me, I was just like, you're working just to survive. And that's honestly a failure to me. Right. And, you know, that also opens up another question and curiosity that I'm sure a lot of people in the audience would have. And you have that on your bio of your LinkedIn. You're a proud introvert, (laughs) which is something else that's going to come up because I feel like, yeah, if you might lack the one checkbox of having a college degree, because I think that that's the one thing that replaces experience, right? Like if you're a young person going into the workforce and you have no experience whatsoever, well, you know, at least you have a college degree, right? Like you were studying. So that's why you don't have any experience from age 18 to 21 or 22 years old. But once you take that away, I think the one thing that really gave you the unfair advantage is the fact that you had a little bit of human psychology and you said, although it wasn't easy, I'm not taking that away from you. Like it took you three tries, right? You have Bank of America of being rejected and you being comfortable with rejection and say, you know what? No, it's not a full sentence right now. It's, I'm going to go back and continue to do it. But as an introvert, that must have been really hard for you. So can you talk to us a little bit about what helped you just muster that strength of 
being told no three times and, you know, that door literally shutting figuratively in your face and you continue to go back with your resume and say, you know what? Nope, this is what I really want to do. This is how I'm going to get into corporate America. And I do know that I have that lack of that college degree, but they're not going to say no to me. This is how I'm going to continue to get myself out there. And that's this is how I'm going to present myself as a full-on professional. And this is how I'm going to make sure that they're going to say yes to me. Like, what was it exactly that put you in that mentality and mindset to continue to push forward? So believe it or not, when I tell people that like I'm an introvert, no one believes me. They're like, you have like a huge <laughs> and you know, like when I go out with friends or I meet someone for lunch, you're just like, you're so bubbly and you're so talkative. And I'm just like, that still makes you an introvert because we're it's just one person. <laughs> but what really musters the courage is like I grew up in a very dysfunctional family environment. Like my parents worked minimum wage jobs their entire lives. Like they fought about money every single day. Like it was really hard on a child and they like put this pressure on me. It's just like, you need to go get a job and you need to provide for us when you get older. Like you have to buy us a house because we grew up in Section 8 housing and we can't pay for our medical insurance. And it, it really scared me a lot to be able to do that. So the Bank of America job, I was getting really scared because I was just like, man, if I do not do something for my future... I'm going to be stuck with my parents' past. And I didn't want that. I really do appreciate my parents and everything that they did for me. But the pressure that they chose to put on a child, it was honestly, it was really, I felt like I was being suffocated every single day growing up. Because, you know, as kids, I feel like we should have like the Disney dream, you know, like you should be happy and smile. But I felt like I had this weight on my shoulder from them. Like I was carrying their mistakes and burden every single day. Honestly, like when I left like Bank of America for my own reasons, I questioned a lot of my choices because at the time, like I was living with like an, a boyfriend and I had this dog and I was unemployed. And my ex at the time, like as a woman, it was so hard because I wasn't like working, but I was still paying rent and he would go to work and he would make a list of chores for me to do every single day. If I chose not to do them, he'd come home and he punished me like silently. And so like he wouldn't speak to me if I didn't do the dishes. If I didn't take out the trash, he like he, he would just ignore me. And it was like heartbreaking because it's like as a woman, like if we don't work, it's like we're pushed around and we're treated as less than. Then I decided to like get a job at like Whole Foods. You know, it was the only company that would hire me as a cashier. And I was so grateful because I was overqualified and they gave me the job anyways. While they were giving me the job, you know, I was still actively applying and they knew that. And I got into my first staffing job as a recruiter. That took hundreds of applications too, because I constantly had hiring managers like telling me like, you're not good enough. You don't have a degree. You have gaps. Your personality just isn't a fit here. But then I made it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, thank you so much for sharing all of that. There's a lot to unpack for sure with that trajectory of the story that you just told us. So you were at Bank of America and then you left for certain reasons. And then essentially there was a lot of pressure while you were there because there was just a lot of trauma, you know, with your family and making sure that you were able to provide. And also on top of that, you were making sure that you provided for yourself because you were afraid of falling back into the same 
patterns that your parents were in when you were growing up and, you know, having that financial burden of, I want to make sure that I'm providing enough for myself and potentially even providing for the generation behind me. You know, that's very typical of immigrant children in this country. And in this case, you know, your parents were parents that were telling you, but sometimes there's immigrants that parents don't get to tell them that, but the children do have that burden just because, again, going back to that pressure of my parents have sacrificed so much, I want to be able to give them back. And that's always like that unseen or unheard burden that children always have. It's like we're the sandwich generation is what they call us because we're providing for the generation behind us ourselves and the generation to come. And there's a little bit of that for you, right? Like your parents, yourself, your your pets. And in this case, uh, you know, um, this toxic relationship that you spoke about a little bit. And I do know that you've shared a little bit about that on your LinkedIn profile as well, which is really heavy to carry around. And I think it also gave you a lot of strength, right? To go back towards a career that you knew was going to be sort of like a step back, but it's something that you needed to do right in the moment to kind of get you out of that state that you were in of an abusive situation that you knew you needed to get out of because essentially it was like a financial strain that you were causing for yourself and that person that was taking advantage of your situation. But also emotionally, it was just a really bad spot to be in. So tell me a little bit about the whole food situation. I do know that you posted something about that today, uh, a photo, you know, you were in your mask and it took me back to, you know, 2020, circa 2020 when we were all, you know, stranded at home. And I think the whole foods experience for you must have been very unique because that was one of the only places that were allowed to be open back then. So that must have been unique, but also very scary, right? Like everybody at home and... Uh, very scared for their health and lives. And then here you are getting yourself out of a situation at home, but also kind of risking your life at the same time being a cashier in a supermarket. Tell us a little bit about that. So it was about a year and a half-ish after like COVID. It was like twenty mid-2021 that I got the job at Whole Foods. Got it. Okay. Um, so it was a little bit better. It wasn't as scary as when it first happened. What happened was like, I needed to start getting a job because my dog was getting sick at that time. Um, the dog that I had then. So like, it was very heartbreaking for me. It's just like, I can't provide for him, you know, cause no one will hire me. And I didn't really know what to do. Cause you know, pet bills are very expensive. Like a trip to a vet, it's like $500 for no reason. So I kept applying and I think I got like a call back and the store manager, she had said, you know, like, I really love your resume. You're a banker. It seems like you'd be qualified, like overqualified to do this job. You know, the pay is $15 an hour. If you're okay with it, we'd love to have, give you the job. And, you know, I had went in and it was like a 15 minute interview. They were just like, if you want the job, it's yours. And I started like literally like the next like five days. And I had made it clear to them. I'm just like, I really am just here temporarily, you know, until I find my footing for the right place. And they were just like, that's totally fine. You know, like we need the help. You need the job. Like it's a great fit for both of us. And I think I was there for about two months and they really helped me like pay my bills off and helped my dog and helped me financially while I was looking for the next thing. It wasn't where I wanted to be long-term, but it saved me in the moment. Right. And that's a transition job that kind of helped you get out of that situation that you were in when it comes to your relationship, right? Um, actually, that's that's a long story. Um, so 
after I left the job, like at the bank, I still was with that person. We had just like moved in together and, you know, you never know what someone's really like until you live with them. You know, all these sides of them started coming out. It's just like, if you're not going to work, even though you're paying rent, you have to do all the chores, you have to cook, clean, whatever. And it was so, it was so sexist, you know, to experience that. And when I got the job at Whole Foods, they backed off as they're like, okay, she's working now. But then I got my next job. I went into staffing at a staffing firm. And that was a very funny story because that took me five times to get into as well. I interviewed at five different locations and every single hiring manager, I, I never forgot the one that made me cry. Like he literally told me that I was not good enough to work there. Oh no, <laughs> it was, that's awful. It was ironic because on his LinkedIn, he did not have a degree and it was his first job. And he shamed me for not having a degree and for it being my first job. Like I literally remember I hung up the phone and I was just bawling my eyes out. It was just like, it just cannot get worse than this, you know? And then the next like hiring manager, I made it to like the final round and there's like, nah, we just want someone more experienced. And I was just like, like, it was like, it literally was a five hour like interview process. And it's just, he's just like, nope, we're just not moving forward because we chose someone that had experience, even though the job title said no experience necessary. <laughs> hey, career reviewer. I'm interrupting myself because I have something super exciting for you. I want to give you a free resume review. These usually go for $387. You can check out the link to book a regular call on the show notes. This offer is exclusive to my podcast listeners, and I do these reviews on IG and TikTok lives every week. All you have to do is leave an Apple or Spotify podcast review, take a screenshot of that, and send it over to careersinreview at gmail.com. That email is careersinreview at gmail.com. In that email, you're going to go ahead and attach that resume that you want me to review. Be sure to remove any personal identifiable information and give you permission to review that on a live. And I will give you all the personalized tips on how to make that resume better so that you can apply for the job you want. If you can make the live on the scheduled time, do not worry because I'm going to go ahead and send you the replay. Now, back to the show. So tell us a little bit about that. When you transitioned from Whole Foods into your first sourcer experience, if you can recall exactly like what were the things that you had on your resume? What was the turning point after all of those rejections and after all of those turning down moments of, you know, the emotional roller coaster of being turned away and told you're not good enough, yet you still, because there's so many agencies out there, like what was it about that agency that kept you going back and say, you know what, although this one hiring manager, two, three hiring managers are telling me I'm not good enough, like that wasn't a red flag for you on that agency to not work there. I should have seen it as a red flag. It was just, I needed a job so bad because the bills were piling up and I was already unemployed for like six months. So it was just like, like Whole Foods was not enough for me to pay like all my bills. It was, it literally just paid a dent of my rent and my dog bills. So I had made a LinkedIn and I started networking. Honestly, I connected with the recruiter and it wasn't a fit for me, the location that um, she was hiring for, but she knew my name. And obviously when you interview for every single location, they have your name and um, information in the system. So they keep track of where you interview. 
So after like four tries, like having everyone turn me down and saying I wasn't like good enough here and there, I reached out to her again. And then she was just like, do you want to try for this specific location? And I was just like, you know, um, <laughs> like, sure. And she's like, it's a very long commute for you. You know, it's like probably going to be like a one to two hour drive back in the middle of the day because the traffic in the Bay Area is ridiculous. You know, she was right. It took me two hours sometimes to get home. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, but she was just like, you know, it's a $20 position as a sourcer and you can get promoted into a recruiter if you do well. I was just like, you know, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> and I used to like dress up, like I wore makeup and I wore like like a full like dress suit every time I interviewed, whether it was over Zoom. But with this hiring manager, I was like defeated. I was just like, she's just gonna, they're just gonna turn me down. And I showed up in like Pikachu pajamas, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> like half Pikachu pajamas. And I was just like, get ready to cry. Like, but then- It was the same hi- hiring manager. Um, a different one. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. And then it was very different because she was just like, so how many times have you interviewed here? And I'm like, this will be my like fifth time for this company. And she was just like, oh my gosh. And then she's just like, why did they say no to you? And I was just like, they told me I wasn't good enough because I didn't have a degree and I didn't have like, I had gaps. And she's just like, do you want me to tell you something? I don't have a degree and I'm a top performer. And then she said, I don't want to hear about like, all your experiences, I want you to tell me about you. I want to know what makes Linda, Linda, because I want to hire her to work here, not her history. <laughs> and I told her about like my family and like, like my struggles. And I was like, I was getting emotional with her. And she's just like, you want the job, it's yours. Show up here in two weeks. And oh my gosh, I love I that. <laughs> yeah, I got the job. Honestly, when I started working at the agency, I was so scared. (laughs) Like I was terrified, but I got promoted to recruiter in one month. It takes people six months to get promoted to recruiter there. And like, wow, Linda, like I got put on the, the toughest division. It was aviation. I think they went through like three recruiters and they couldn't like, they just couldn't stick with it because it was difficult Within like six months, I became number one on the leadership board. I made the top like West Division group. I hit the quarter bonus and no one on my team had hit it. It was really, really (laughs) great. But my mental health was not the best there. I was working like 60 to 80 hour weeks. Despite like I was like making a lot of money for the company, I was barely making a dent in my paycheck. Like I was making really like 1% of them making 100%. Things with my like boyfriend at that time, the one that I was still living with, like I remember like we had gotten a fight and we hadn't spoken in a week and I was sleeping on the couch and I'll never forget when I was at work, he texted me. It's just like, we're done. I threw all your stuff in trash bags and left them by the door. Come home, get your stuff, get out. And what? Like I didn't have like a place to go. So when I came back at like 10 o'clock at night, like... All my stuff was in trash bags, like thrown in bags, all my furniture dismantled and thrown away. And like, I had to fight for my right to stay there because like I couldn't pay, I couldn't sign a lease with what I was making at that company. You had to make like 2.7 times your income. And I was just like, yeah, I don't have enough for that. (laughs) Imagine like the pain of like working in a job that was like draining your mental health and then having like a you had to stay with your boyfriend and play nice or else he was going to kick you out. And anytime I didn't do the dishes, remember, I can kick you out anytime, Linda, remember this. Like, 
I felt like really worthless, you know, like I felt like absolutely like worthless. Like I couldn't imagine like the pain. Like I felt like I was just like, man, I am, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm working in a job where I can't pay my bills. I'm with a partner who treats me like trash. Like this is probably like, this is it, you know? And then I made like the tough decision to start looking for like a new role. Like, I don't know what happened, but I quit my job and then I broke up with my boyfriend and I didn't really have anything lined up and I didn't have anywhere to go. But then for some reason I applied and I networked and I got the job a week after. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I got the job a week after. It was honestly, it was game changer because they, they paid me a wage where I could move out. It was fully remote and I didn't have to drive two hours anymore. Like, It was honestly, it changed my life. And it's because of LinkedIn, you know, like I built my brand on LinkedIn and people noticed. (laughs) Wow, Linda, I am just like blown away. But that's the thing though, like sometimes job seekers get to this point where they feel like they're backed up in a corner. And that's exactly what happened to you, right? Like in all angles, job seeking and career and personal life and everything just seemed like it was crumbling around you and all this pressure. And at one point, you just threw your hands in the air and said, you know what? I'm giving it all up. I'm quitting my job. I'm uh, telling this miserable a-hole to (laughs) get lost. And I don't have a plan B for anything. And a week later, you get a call to get a freaking job offer for a much better job that respects your mental health, that gives you a better work-life balance, fully remote position, giving you exactly what you needed. And not only that, but giving you the space and the opportunity to create content for people to essentially know your story and to relate to something that otherwise people would feel like they were so alone, which I think is like what was happening to you. You felt like you were going through that all by yourself. Would you agree with that? Um, Yes, most definitely. I'll be really honest. So like, obviously, like I had like some friends here and there in my network and I would like ask them for tips and stuff. But honestly, like I really navigated networking alone. You know, like I knew better than to reach out to a recruiter and say like, hey, can you get me a job at your company? Because contrary to like a lot of beliefs, like that's not like what a recruiter does, you know, like a recruiter is someone who helps navigate and guide people through the recruiting process for their specific position that they're recruiting for. It's very hard when people reach out on LinkedIn, they're say like, hey, get me a job for this. I don't even know what some people are talking about. Like, and I, I feel really bad, but it's just like, you really do know, have to know your audience that you're networking for and how it will play in your favor. Absolutely. And, you know, just a quick wrap up here with this conversation, but can you just give us a quick tip? Because I just feel like everything is just tying up into your amazing and remarkable way of knowing how to network because essentially, you know, coming from an an immigrant family, right? Like that's something that we all lack, like whether you're an immigrant yourself or coming from an immigrant family, we just do not have a network. Newsflash, our parents are not like usually people who have networks are because their parents are passed it along or, you know, they've been here for generations. So they have some sort of corporation or experience from their parents who can just have them shake hands or introduce them to people. 
we don't have that. So we have to create it for ourselves. And it seems like Linda here obviously has known how to do it. And obviously it's a numbers game, right? Because you've heard Linda in the podcast so far saying it took hundreds of applications. It took so many rejections. People have told me now they've turned to me away. They told me that I wasn't good enough. They told me that I didn't have a degree. I didn't have a traditional background. So she kept on going. But Linda, can you just tell me if you can just share with us like the best tips? And you just told me a huge no-no, right? Like don't go to a recruiter that you don't know their background. You don't know what they're recruiting for and knock on their door and say, hey, can you give me a job? That's not the job of a recruiter. But you did share that you did have the luck of the first time that you got a job as a recruiter, as a sourcer. The first in was through a recruiter. So can you just tell us some tips on like what are the big yeses when it comes to networking through LinkedIn and why you think it has been so successful for you? Yes. So when I started on LinkedIn, I had like 50 connections, you know, like no one wanted to uh, connect with me because I didn't have a job. Um, I don't know. That's a lot of people's mindsets. Like people are very, they're very interesting on how they choose who to connect with. So how I chose to make myself um, stand out, and this is how I got like, I literally got like a 90% response rate from this. I would honestly reach out to people that I wanted to work for. Like I wouldn't reach out to, so I wanted to be a recruiter. So I reached out to recruiters and I would say like, hi, my name is Linda. This is my experience, but I'm looking to transition. I noticed that you worked for this company and may I please ask like how you started your career and what made you successful? And for some reason, like people love to talk about themselves. So I would always get like responses. It's just like, oh, this is our journey. And then without me asking, they would say like, do you want us to refer you or help you? And that's how I got my foot in the door. So I would advise, like, for example, if you're like a software engineer or a scrum master or I don't know, like data scientists, I would recommend that you reach out to people with your job title and try to build a connection or relationship because people don't want to help people that are just out to just use them and never talk to them again. Like it's a relationship. It's not transactional. So if you can just treat everything as a relationship, you're going to get 100% retention rate. Because honestly, like all my close friends from LinkedIn is because we decided to build a relationship. And now like when someone needs help, we step up to help them because we built the relationship so it doesn't become a transaction. Absolutely. For example, like even like you and I, like, although like I took a long break from LinkedIn, but when you and I connected first, I think you had like maybe a few thousand connections on LinkedIn, maybe less than that. I'm not sure. But that's when you and I started talking. And I think you were a recruiter on the other company, not on the current company that you're at now, for sure, because it was like maybe 2021. 20, and I remember I was like, oh, yes, like I just what attracted me to your profile was just like the beauty of your storytelling. Just it was so different. It wasn't just like tips and education because like that's what I feel a lot of people are doing on LinkedIn and I just it attracted me just the way that you were telling your stories and you and I were commenting on each other's stuff all the time and just like being friends with each other and then I took a break because of personal reasons but then I came back and you're the first person that I reached out to as soon as I came back from my break I started commenting on your stuff and then I just sent you a DM saying like hey I'm back on LinkedIn I'm so happy to see you and then I realized just like how big you've made it on the platform and I think it just goes to show just exactly what you're saying. I think it's important to realize that these connections is not just about getting something in return from those people, but just to have a genuine connection with them and to build up on that. Like, and it's so simple. Like, 
having, especially for people who create content, it's so easy to build a connection with them because just by engaging with their content, by liking or sharing or sending a DM and just checking up on them, it just makes them feel valuable. And it's not like you're just only going to them when you need something from them because that just feels really icky. And that's, I think, why people give networking such a bad name is because people who do it that way, just as a transaction, they feel, oh, I don't want to network because it feels like I'm using somebody. Well, because you don't know how to do it. That's the reason why you have to really choose the people who you want to network with. I only network with people who I genuinely vibe with and people who I really would want to have, you know, lunch with one day, like read a book with or talk something in common with because it's genuine. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I'll be really honest. I'm very, I try to be very nice. Like I know like everyone's struggling, but I noticed like, you know, a few people that I've helped a few times, like whether it's like in the past, like to refer a resume or help out, like they'll only reach out to me when they see like a position that they want and ask me to like get them in. And then I never hear from them again, like never like, Hey, have a good day. Hey, like, how are you doing? It's just like straight to the point, like get me this job. And I'm just like, I don't really know you. I'm just really trying to be nice, you know? So honestly, it's very hard to, you know, especially like I'm very grateful for my LinkedIn community and how like big it is, but it's hard, you know, like sometimes I really do want like a genuine connection, like what me and you have, like we can talk about things. It's just all the time. It's just like, Linda, do this for us, Linda, do that. And like, sometimes I, I kind of miss like having like a connection when like people can just like reach out and we can just talk or just like, Hey, how's it going? Cause some of my best friends I met on LinkedIn and I have a very small circle and I only talk to like those people. Cause I know like they won't just talk to me just to get them a job. They want to actually know how Linda is doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's a very hot topic right now because I don't know if you've talked with Nicole. Nicole is somebody yes, else that, I, you know, I talked to. Yeah, I talked to a lot on LinkedIn as well. And she brought that topic up the other day about, you know, we want to help you. That's the only reason why we create content. Like we don't get paid to do any of this. Like we just want to create content to give you access to this information because we started doing it at first and we used to like jump on coffee chats with people and help people one on one. But it just became a lot because we do have full time jobs and families and other responsibilities. But sometimes people just come to you with this sense of entitlement of like, oh, you have to help me. You have to give me a referral. You have to get me into your company. And to be honest, like that's something else. Like I not always worked for big name companies and people didn't seem to be as interested to talk to me before I worked for this big name company. And that's something else that feels icky too. Like you and I met each other before we worked for these big name companies too. Like that's the reason why it feels so genuine too, because I didn't work for the company I work at now. You didn't work for the company that you work at now. And that's something else that people need to understand too. Like why are you so interested now? And it makes me feel like, make it at least feel like you're coming from a good place and ask questions. Like, I feel like that curiosity just takes away that ickiness out of the connection. And then I just loved how you framed it. Like, you know, how are you? Like, at least put that in there first. How are you really? That's like the name of a book that I read by Jenna Kutcher. I'm not, I'm not sure if people know who she is, but that's the name of a book. It's like, how are you really? Because people sometimes even ask that question, how are you? But they really don't want to know how you're really doing. They just want to get that out of the way. And it's just so easy to build a connection with people like us because we do create content every single day. And it's just so simple to 
hey, like I just saw your content the other day. And like for you specifically, because you create very personable stories, like, oh my gosh, like I just heard about, you know, your relationship that you had a few years ago. Like, that's awful. I'm so sorry to hear about that. Like, you know, something like that. Like, it's just so, it's not like we want you to be like kissing our behinds. Like, that's not what it is at all. But it's just not for you to just come to us. Like, here's my resume. I ha- I see I see a role and then ghost us for eight months. And then in eight months, there's another role. It's like, hey, there's another role. Like, that's just what we want you to understand. But that's the one tip that we want you to take away from this podcast, if anything. Yeah, most definitely. And especially like being on LinkedIn, it's very hard, you know, because I'm very sensitive. I get a lot of like hate threats, you know, like I have people screaming at me that I've ne- I don't even know who they are. It's just like never responded to us. And like, they don't understand. Like I have like a thousand like in mails and I have hundreds of work emails I have to go through as a recruiter on a daily basis. I have text messages, like phone calls, like it's not sustainable. Like I really do try my best to get back as I can, but to have people scream and yell and cuss you out, like it's really hard because it's just like, I don't write on LinkedIn. Like I don't get paid to write on LinkedIn. Like people ask me for consultation calls and like, I can barely breathe, you know, with my, like for my life outside of work because I have so much going on personally, but it's like, try to like be kind to everyone and, you know, just realize that it's just like, people have things going on, you know, and it's like, no one, not everyone can respond. So just be kind. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a great note to end it. But uh, what's next for you, Linda? Like, you know, creating content on LinkedIn and mental health and, you know, all of your amazing stories. But what's next for you? Well, um, now that you asked, I'm actually building like a brand on the side. It's going to be devoted strictly to mental health. It's going to be to support men and women and every single person to know that they have a voice. So I'm going to be launching that before June, working with some very amazing people. I know that I'm known to be a recruiter, but I think anyone that follows me on LinkedIn, they'll realize that my content has really pivoted to like being a human being. (laughs) So I'm excited to share. That's awesome. And thank you so much for trusting us. You heard it here first. Linda is creating a personal brand that cannot wait for you to launch it. And I will be one of the first number one fans supporting that for sure. Let us know when it launches and it drops so we can support you. Thank you so much, Linda, for being on the podcast and for dropping such amazing gems. I'm sure that this is going to be so helpful for the amazing job seekers out there to learn how to network. And if you don't have a traditional background or college degree, here's how to get in the door. Linda, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure and honor. And I look forward to talking with you. And thanks again. (laughs) Absolutely. From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. This is the Careers in Review podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.